I want to start today by picking up from where Pastor John was speaking last Sunday, and he made this comment at the very beginning of his message, reading from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, when Jesus says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, our Father, and God is our Father, God is relational, and I want to come back and reiterate that throughout the Old Testament, we see the character of God being revealed through different names that God is given in the Old Testament. You're going to see words like Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. You're going to see Jehovah Nishi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace. It keeps on going and he talks about God. The Lord is here, the Lord our righteousness. And when Jesus in Matthew begins by saying our Father, it is a moment of significant transition between the Old Testament and the new, as God is bringing us into a new thing. And the truth is that even in our New Testament relationship with God, we will know God as our provider. We will know Him as our peace. He is our righteousness. We will know He is with us. We will know He is for us because all the different names of God given Him in the Old Testament are given so that we can form a picture of who God is which is then completed in the moment that Jesus calls him Father. The Old Testament is types and shadows of what will be revealed in the new. And so when Jesus says, our Father, he is bringing together all of these different pieces of the Old Testament to name it in a moment, to give it a relational connect to you and I in our lives as we walk through them. Our relationship with God as our Father will dictate so much about how we live our lives. The right revelation, the right understanding of God as our Father is going to free us both spiritually and the way that we see the world emotionally and in so different, so many different ways. So today, what I want to do is to spend the majority of our time together talking about how God, our Father, interacted with Jesus as His Son on earth. And I want to show you today how God's view of you and God's view of me is the same view that He had of Jesus. And so actually we can enter into this amazing relationship with God, our Father, and we can be His children. And that, my friend, is going to bring so much power into your life and set you free of so many of the things that the world is trying to hold you down in Jesus' name. So let me read to you for a moment from Luke chapter 3 and verses 21 and 22. It's the baptism of Jesus. And the Bible says these words, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And I pray you feel the Holy Spirit. I feel Him even right now in this room. And I pray in every room, wherever you are in the world today, that you feel His presence. And, and a voice came from heaven. And I want you to listen to this. This is a key phrase for us today. You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. God, our Father. Father, I'm praying today that in every life all over the world, in every rise local, as everyone is joining us online, that today 
you would reveal yourself as a father in every life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love it because God starts off, and point number one, if you're taking notes today, is that God gave Jesus identity. He spoke these words. He said, you are my son. You are my son. And the great thing is, is that as we continue to read through the Bible, we're going to get to the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, where the great apostle John writes the words. He says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God said of Jesus, you are my son. And he is saying the same thing to every person who's hearing this talk today. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are a child of God. And I want to take a moment and speak to people who maybe never knew their dad or don't have a relationship with the man who fathered you. I want you to know today that your heavenly father loves you and he claims you. You are his child. And today you can know that relationship with a heavenly father who is going to fulfill all of our needs in our lives in Jesus' name. Your identity can be found in Him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 that God's intention was always that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I love it because it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Lavished on us. Now, lavished... Lavish is a word you don't often hear in 2020. It's, it's a little bit, uh, but it's a word that so well describes the kind of love that God has for every single one of us when it says that He lavishes His love on us. And so often in life, people are settling for love that is of a much lower level than the love that God wants to lavish on us. When I was a when my eldest daughter was eight years old, she had some special event that was coming up and she needed to get a new outfit to wear to the event. I think it was some sort of a school dance or disco or something like that. And she, she says to me, she goes, Dad, I want you to take me shopping for this outfit. Now, I'm, I'm not comfortable in a retail store. I'm like, I, I'm not that guy, right? Like there are people who are awesome in those spaces and I am not. Like I don't go shopping alone. I take a chaperone with me to help me in that space because I'm just not good. So, but she wanted me to take her, not mom. I want you to do it, dad. So I'm like, okay. She said, let's make it like a daddy date. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I can do this. So I said to Annie, what do I do in a shop, you know? By the way, for every man out there, I feel you. The worst day of the year is the first day you have to put on long pants and shoes. Like, it's a bad day. It's a bad day of the year. You know, being on the beach all year and then suddenly, oh man, okay, here we go. And, uh, you know, but, but so we go in and my wife says, take her to Pumpkin Patch. If you're in New Zealand, you remember that store and, and, uh, and take her there and find a sales assistant and just tell them to help you. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I walk in, I'm like, find somebody. And I'm like, can you help me? I've got to buy an outfit for my daughter. And they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. So, so they find this really cute dress and she puts it on and she's happy. The assistant says it looks good. So I believe what they say. And I'm like, okay, great, great. All right, let's buy that. And then the assistant was really good at her job. She's like, oh, you can't just buy the dress. Now what you've got to do 
you've got to buy her a headband. And I'm like, oh, how much can a headband cost? You know, lots. That's what the answer is. And she needs new shoes. I'm like, don't you have shoes at home? She goes, oh, but daddy, these, these shoes. And, and I, I'm like, you know, by the way, I, I spent my whole life wrapped around her little finger. So I'm like, okay, all right, let's buy the shoes. And then there was a few other little accessories, you know. We walk out of the shop and I've spent over $100 on an eight-year-old kid. And as we walk out of the shop, I'll never forget it. When I got home, Annie's like, man, you got done, mate. You, you got done. But as I'm walking out the shop, I'm holding her hand. She's holding the shopping basket. And she turns to me and she says, Daddy, for our next daddy date, could we go to the $2 shop? And I'm like, I just spent $100. And you could have gone to the $2 shop. But how easy is it for us to settle for a $2 shop experience when God wants to lavish love on us? He wants to do something greater than just a $2 shop kind of experience, but it's so easy for us just to say, I'd take anything, I'll take any love. But you need to know today, you're not just any person. You're not, you, are, you are a child of God, my friend. You are called, you are loved, you are important. You are being adopted into his family. And God says, you are my child. You can, you can take that identity. You can hold on to that in your life. You need to know that God is telling you, you are my son, you are my daughter. Why? Because your identity will define how you want to live your life. Uh, when you realize that you're a child of God, you realize that you have a purpose for your life, my friend. You are born to make a difference. You are born for such a time as this. We don't want to lower our expectations of our lives down to a $2 shop belief in who we are and what we can achieve. No, God wants to live our lives knowing that I have been born into the kingdom of God. I am a child of God and I'm going to lift my faith and lift my expectation and live out of that. When we find that, it begins to determine where we, how we're going to live our lives. See, the Bible speaks about Peter, this man who would eventually lead one of the greatest revivals recorded in Scripture where 5,000 people get saved in one day in the, in the city of Jerusalem, or 3,000 people. And, and it says of him that he is back and forward all over in his life. And then there's this amazing moment where he realizes who Jesus is. And in Matthew chapter 16, it says that Simon Peter says to Jesus, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus came back and he says, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. Notice he calls him Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers, but my Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on the secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter. You are a rock. Notice he starts off, God, you didn't get that Simon, you didn't get that from men, but what you're going to get from God when you realize that you are a child of God, God's going to speak to you about your true identity. You are Peter. You're a rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And come on, there is something amazing when you realize I am a child of of God. The second thing that I want you to see is that Jesus was given incredible security by his father. 
He gave him security. And I reckon inside of every person, there is a battle for acceptance, a battle for security, a battle for love inside of all of us. And we all face different levels of insecurity. But when God speaks about Jesus, he speaks about his son and he says, I love him and I am pleased with him. I love him and I am pleased with him. You know, I think we underestimate the power of love. My mom, I never forget her as a teenage boy. My mom said to me once, she said, you should never underestimate the power of love because the Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It was love that motivated the great exchange and love is powerful. I mean, you know, the power of love is a curious thing. It'll, it'll make one man weep and another man sing. It changes a hawk to a little white dove. That's, that's the power of love. It, you don't need money and you don't need fame. You don't need a credit card to ride that train. It's strong, it's sudden, it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of love. Those of you are old enough to remember Huey Lewis and the news, but you know, in his baptism, as God is saying, this is my son who I love and I'm pleased with him. Jesus has not done any miracles. He has not done anything to receive God's pleasure at that point. Many would say he hasn't earned it. He hasn't earned it. Why? Because you can't earn God's love. You can't earn God's acceptance. He gives it to you. The moment Jesus comes out of those waters, the Bible says he's led into the spirit, into the wilderness by the Spirit, and the devil comes and tempts him. Now, the devil's temptations all through, it says, if you are the Son of God, then do this. If you are, then do this. If you are, then do that. Why? Because this world is always going to tell you that you have to earn love. You have to earn forgiveness. You have to earn acceptance. You have to do something. You have to achieve it somehow. And throughout his temptation, Jesus is having the devil say to him, if you are, do this. And he's got ringing in his ears, however. At the same moment, God's word saying, you are my son. And I love you. And I'm pleased with you. And today, I reckon God wants to speak to people who are facing temptations in your life, who are facing challenges, who are feeling like you're failing in your world, to hear these words, God loves you and God is pleased with you. And in the person of Jesus, you receive all of God's favor on your life as a child of God in Jesus' name. It's so easy for us, isn't it, just to try and prove ourselves. I've got to prove myself. I remember as a young married man, I was going to prove to my wife that I could cook. I was going to prove it. So I, I refused. I'd never cooked a meal hardly in my life. And I knew how to cook baked beans on toast, you know. And uh, apart from that, we're struggling. So, so I'm there and I'm going to show her I know how to do this. I'm good at this, babe. Don't you just go away. I'm going to sort this thing out. Just leave it to the man, right? So then I'm cooking up this stir fry. And I thought it tasted good, you know. And we're eating this thing. And then she pulls out this green vegetable. And she says to me, what's this? I said, that's a zucchini. She goes, really? I said, yeah. They're often in stir fries, zucchinis. She goes, where'd you get a zucchini from? I said, out of the fridge. She goes, I didn't buy a zucchini. I said, no. She said, this looks like a cucumber. I said, babe, don't you know? That's what a zucchini is. It's a cooked cucumber. I said, I honestly believe that too. I thought that's how they got zucchinis. She's like, no, it's a different plant. And I'm like, I, I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Turns out she did, and I didn't. 
Well, I was going to prove myself. I know what I'm doing, but I had no idea. But you and I need to know that we are loved and accepted, and we don't have to prove ourselves to God. You don't have to prove who you are. You don't have to prove these things. God is just speaking. You are his child, and he loves you. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. You've been designed in his image. You were born for such a time as this. You can be secure in your relationship with him. God is proud of you. There's nothing you could ever do to stop him loving you, and there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you more. You just got to receive the love of God in your life. Listen to what the Bible says, Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 and 39. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And come on, wherever you are, I reckon we should put our hands together and thank our great God. Come on, every rise local, give Him praise today. Give Him praise in your lounge room. Give Him praise wherever you are in the world today because it is by His grace. It is not by works, so we can't earn it. We receive it by faith. Be secure in His love today. And point number three, if you're taking notes, write this down. God is with us. He is present. Because the baptism of Jesus is this massive moment in his life. And God speaks to Jesus in the middle of that moment. This is the moment. As a 30-year-old carpenter, Jesus is about to put his tools down and he is about to step out in faith and engage this moment of ministry. He is, this is a massive transition moment in Jesus' life. And in the middle of that moment, that's when God turns up. And that's when God speaks. And that's when he says these amazing words to Jesus. And Jesus receives from God in the middle of that. And you need to know today that whatever you walk through in life, God is with you. He is always with you in your life. Somebody out there today, somebody out there is facing some big decisions. I don't know who I'm talking to this day, but I do know that somebody's walking through something and you have to make major decisions in your life. Well, this is the moment that God wants to speak into your life. He is with you. You don't have to feel like I've got this all on me. I've got to make this decision. I've got to get the right thing. No. Why don't you pray and ask God? I believe he'll speak to you. I believe with all my heart that today, today, he can speak in your life and bring peace. He is with you. Bible says this in Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1 and 2. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. You know, as a young child, I memorized that scripture in our church, children's church. Uh, I memorized that scripture as a kid. In fact, there was a prize attached to it, and you know, I might be a little bit competitive. So, so I memorized it, and I know that the children learn scriptures and arise kids all the time. You know, never underestimate the power of those scriptures, by the way. Parents, help them learn them, because you never know when those scriptures will come back in moments, and God will speak in those things. And uh, it was a scripture for me that was so powerful, and 
In 2011, I live in Christchurch, and we had the massive Christchurch earthquake, and the scripture became so real because the, it, it, like God brought it back to me, and it says, though the earth give way, God is with you. Though the earth give way, literally the earth gave way, and, uh, and I just held on to that scripture during that season, but this amazing thing happened is that after the earthquake had happened, and we were still going through the, that season, I got a phone call from Parachute Records here in New Zealand, and they had a band in those days called the Parachute Band, and they said to me, uh, how, could we help you in the church there? We'd love to support because we know you're walking through a difficult stage. And we had this conversation. And in the end, they sent the parachute band down to play our church praise and worship for a Sunday. And uh, it was just great because for our team, it meant they had the Sunday off and, you know, people walking through kinds of all kinds of crazy in that season. And, and these guys were there, and obviously for our church family, just a great blessing to have these amazing musicians and songs that you're hearing and records and things. And, and we're there, and they began to sing, and, and then they, they'd written this song on their latest album back then. And they said to me during the day, they said, we really didn't know why we wrote this song or why it had to be on the album when we did it. But we just knew that God was speaking to us to put this on the album. The song was called You Remain. And I'll never forget standing in our church that day and singing this song. And I want to read you the chorus. And I want you to think about the context of a group of people who've walked through this crazy season of this massive earthquake that took so many lives and destroyed so many businesses and homes and buildings. And this is what the chorus is. It says, Jesus, you've carried me this far. I'll hold on to this hope inside my heart. When all else fails, you remain. And when the earth beneath me shakes, it's only by your hand that I am safe. When all else fades, Jesus, you remain. I'll never forget singing that song. I'll never forget the presence of the Holy Spirit falling in that moment, even as He is right now. And just knowing the Scripture that Obviously, they knew nothing about the song that even the writers didn't understand when they wrote it, but our Father in heaven knew. And He was speaking to a group of people. And God began to move in that room. And I believe today God's moving in lives. This Father's Day, He's moving your heart. Come on, receive the love of God right here. He is with you, my friend. He is with you. Singing a song written for that moment. I don't know what you're walking through today. Maybe you're walking through a tremendous challenge in this COVID season. Maybe businesses are falling apart and you. maybe you've lost your job. Maybe there are things that you just wish you could control, but you can't. What you need to know, my friend, we can't control everything in life, but God is with us no matter what we walk through. David, the Bible says in Psalm 23, most amazing things. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me... Lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And then it changes. And it says, even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Starts off the Lord. Then he says, he. But when it's really in the midst of the valley, it's you. You are with me. I want you to notice the progression of relationship. 
Because the darker the valley, the closer God comes. As we open up our hearts and open up our lives. All over the world today, every rise local, whatever you're walking through, He is with you. Not just the Lord, but He, our Father. And you can say it today, you are with me, God. My Father is with me. He's carried you this far. He'll carry you on in Jesus' name. Our Father promises He will never leave us, never forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me?